Hey everybody, it's Ian Reed Twist, the pastor at Holy Cross Episcopal Church in Novi, Michigan. Today's sermon was preached on February 16th, 2020, and uh, it's based on a reading from the Gospel of Matthew, verse uh, chapter 5, verses 21 through 37. The title of the sermon is Vulnerable. Hope you enjoy it. Today's section of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount ought to get our week off to just a rip-roaring start. (laughs) To paraphrase, you've heard it said you shall not commit adultery, but I say to you, don't even look at someone with lust in your heart. If you do, you should cut out your sinful eye to spare the rest of your body its fiery fate. And (laughs) And then a bit later, It was also said, if you get divorced, no problem, just get a certificate. But I say, anyone who gets divorced and remarried is committing adultery. Well, happy Valentine's Day to you too, Jesus. (laughs) But that's not all. Jesus goes on to issue a judgment against anyone who's ever betrayed a promise, or even anyone who comes to the altar while carrying unresolved resentment toward another. Well, if these words don't cause you to squirm, at least a little, you might want to check for a pulse. (laughs) Because truly, is there any adult who has never had a lustful thought about someone not their partner? Is there anyone here who hasn't at some point come to take communion while still nursing some bitterness against another? These these teachings are simply impossible to live up to. Maybe that's part of the point. You know, maybe today's passage seems so harsh, calling up all our human failings as a way of trying to humble us and make us more compassionate toward others. I think of Jesus' words in John, let whoever is cast the first stone Let whoever has never sinned cast the first stone. Maybe we're being reminded of our need for grace so that we will step into that vulnerable place of extending grace and love to others. You know, the more I think about this passage and the entire Sermon on the Mount in which it occurs, in which we've been reading through these past Sundays, the more I think that the overarching theme really is about being vulnerable. At the beginning of the sermon, who are the blessed? People who are vulnerable. The poor in spirit, the meek, the merciful, those who are persecuted. And later in the sermon, who are we supposed to love? Not just the safe people who love us back, but even our enemies, the loving of whom makes us profoundly vulnerable. And while you're at it, if someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. Forgive others. Pray for those who persecute you and do not judge. The message of the entire sermon might be summarized this way. Don't do things that protect your reputation and wall off your heart. Do do things that make you vulnerable. Because ultimately, in the end, safe love is an oxymoron. 
love opens us up to rejection and pain and loss. Love is vulnerable. It cannot be otherwise. What are the implications of this teaching for us? How do we, broken and defensive as we are, live out this call to vulnerable love? I don't have a fully formed answer for that. It's very much a work in progress for me, as I'm sure it is for you. And honestly, sometimes it feels more like a work in regress. But I do believe that the strength to love vulnerably arises from opening up in prayer to our own belovedness of God. The more we can really experience how loved we are, the more we can extend that vulnerable love to others. There's probably also an element of fake it till you make it, of finding ways to be vulnerable even when we don't yet feel like it. For example, is there a gesture that we might make no matter how scary to try and mend a ruptured relationship? Is there a harm that we are witnessing, maybe at our workplace, maybe in our family, that we might muster the courage to name? Is there a shame we need to overcome or a public image we need to lay aside in order to ask for help with a problem that is beyond our control? It's not easy. Being vulnerable is not easy. I was at a weekend workshop about 20 years ago at which a gay man, whom I'll call Jim, told a story about the father of his partner, Kevin. This father was a very traditional person, and even though he loved his son, He'd always been uncomfortable with Kevin's sexuality. So, not surprisingly, this father and Jim always had a strained relationship. Well, the day comes when the father gets the bad news that he's ill and only has a little time left to live. So Jim and Kevin travel out to the town where Kevin's parents live. And at some point during this visit, Kevin goes out with his mother leaving Jim alone at home with Kevin's father. Picture the awkward scene in that living room. There's the dad wrapped up in a blanket on his lazy boy in front of the game, his Carhartt cap tipped back on his head. And there's Jim in his polo shirt, wondering if a latte can be found anywhere within driving distance. Somehow, in the course of their halting chit-chat, it comes out that the father has been having some muscle pain in his feet and lower legs. Jim has an impulse that he almost quashes out of hand, but then he decides to go for it. Let's take your slippers off, he says. I'll give you a foot rub. He opens his hands casually. There's a long moment of indecision and then a small movement under the blanket and out poke two slippered feet. As Jim begins the massage, Kevin's father holds his feet stiffly and gazes off into the middle distance, 
but then gradually he relaxes into the movement of his son's gay partner's hands. In this way, the two men share this human moment, this wordless, holy contact. It takes a lot of courage to be either one of them, doesn't it? To reach across the gap between their lives and enter into this vulnerable connection. It takes courage to be the gay son-in-law, making an offer that could easily be misconstrued or snubbed. And it takes courage to be the traditionalist father who accepts surrendering your thick, yellow-nailed feet to the hands of a man whose relationship with your son makes you uneasy. The courage to love. The courage to be vulnerable. Of course, for us, the ultimate symbol of this way of vulnerable love is the cross itself. This may be best expressed in one of my favorite prayers from our morning prayer service. It goes, Lord Jesus Christ, you have stretched out your arms of love on the hard wood of the cross that everyone might come within your saving embrace. So clothe us in your spirit that we, reaching forth our hands in love, may bring those who do not know you to the knowledge and love of you for the honor of your name. Amen. Whenever I pray this prayer, I remember this exercise I once did in which I lay on my back in a crucifixion posture just just to feel in my body a little bit of what that pose was like for Jesus. We're not going to do this now, but imagine it. Imagine it with me. There you are on the ground with your arms outstretched and the front of your body open and exposed. A person could easily step on you or stab you or kick you. You feel incredibly vulnerable. At the same time, you feel the extraordinary reach of those hands as if two lines extending out in the direction your fingers point would go on forever, so open, so wide, that you could embrace the universe itself and everything in it. Amen. Okay, everybody. Well, thanks for listening to this week's sermon. And if you want more information about me or the church, you can always go to our website, holycrossnovi, that's N-O-V-I dot org. And in the meantime, have a blessed week, and you can find more sermons as we publish them in the same place you found this one. Take care. <laughs>